Hey, Token CEO listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. I have to get rid of my gum, right, Jordan? Like, literally, I'm like, it's Labor Day week. It's actually not Labor Day week. It's just the last week in August. We have a late Labor Day this year, which I don't even think matters. Like, who's even thinking about Labor Day? Someone was like, what are you doing for Labor Day? And I was like, I have no fucking idea. Nothing. Um, So this is episode 80 of the Token CEO podcast, which is presented by the Token CEO podcast. Oh, it's asking me for a weekend recap. I had a good weekend this weekend. Um, Pretty low-key. Went to a couple birthday parties. um, Played hockey last night. Had an epic hockey game last night, which was great. I completely leveled Babs, which was one of the best things I've ever done on on a sheet of ice. Uh, And then she, like, kneecapped me, which was fine. But she's, like, jury-rigged this locker room, which we're now calling the bubble, which is, frankly, probably not going to make it past the the weekend. Everybody's all pissed off about it at the ice rink. But um, she, like, set up this whole situation where we could watch – we were watching the Bruins-Tampa Bay game – and I had a bunch of high noons on ice, and there's a futon, and there, she has a refrigerator. I expected it to be full of beer, It's just, but it's full of, like, all milk products, which I guess if you're a professional athlete, you're into milk. Um, shout out, pardon my take. Remember when milk spar- sponsored pardon my take? That was the best. I wonder if milk will come back. I bet milk's not having a shortage, actually. I bet people are drinking a lot of milk because they're at home. Anyways, that was my weekend. Um, all right. So it's Tuesday. I don't know why we're talking about my weekend, but whatever. So we're going to keep, we're going to make this a little bit of a tighter podcast today. Cause I've been, I wake up at like three in the morning and I'm like, what do we do with this podcast? But anyways, today we are talking to sunshine. So sunshine wrote into us when we were asking people, I don't know, token CEO had some dumb, some like innocuously phrased, boring tweet about giving us your story about your life or work and sunshine. Oh, it was about coach. It was about coaching, like best moment from sports. So sunshine wrote in sunshine caught my eye one for the name sunshine, obviously, but she is a former competitive, competitive bowler. She listens to this podcast. So shout out sunshine. But she also had this great line about how she wasn't coachable. Her coach yelled at her for not being coachable. And she full on admitted that she wasn't coachable, which I I think most people who aren't coachable probably don't admit that. And I wanted to learn more about it. And on the topic of being coached, we have my friend Coach HP on. So Coach HP is on a mission to make positivity sexy, whatever that means. What I like about Coach HP is he's kind of a mission-driven guy. He's taking every opportunity that he can get to make his own life great, make his family great, build a business, build a brand around himself, and he's and he does it at the same time as as pretty competitively coaching kids in baseball, and he's applying what he's done in his own life with professional athletes, what he's done for himself personally. Um, and what he can do on the internet to make a brand around Coach HP. Um, but before we get into that, let's talk about the headlines. So, all right, a couple big headlines for people. Krispy Kreme, I feel like Krispy Kreme was a fad. Krispy Kreme is opening up a flagship store in uh, Times Square. So September 15th, you're going to see a big, mega, mega ultimate Krispy Kreme. It's going to have like a glazed waterfall. You can sit in a donut box. I think they're going to make 4,600 donuts at that location, which seems to be seems to me 
to be moderately disgusting. But um, so shout out Krispy Kreme for despite the world being on fire, they're opening up a flagship store in Times Square. I can actually remember going. Do you guys remember the WWE Cafe? I can remember going to the WWE Cafe in Times Square. Like you got to love when people make a Times Square restaurant. Like it's such a statement. You're like, fuck it. I want the tourists. I'm making a flagship. It's going to be a ridiculous exaggeration of our product. And that's marketing today. So, so shout out Krispy Kreme. I'm more of a Dunkin' Donuts girl myself, as people know. But I actually really, if you want to know, if we want to get into donuts, I love a powdered donut. But it's got to be from like a Connecticut donut shop. Like Connecticut donuts, it's like, you know how the water is good in some towns to make pizza like in New Haven, Connecticut, I think it's New Haven. Yeah, New Haven is like the water's right for pizza. Sally's, modern, whatever. I also think there's something about Connecticut that makes a good donut, but I, I'm willing for people to fight me on that. Kevin Clancy and I argue about it all the time because basically a powdered or a plain donut, two things I love, are essentially like the grape nuts of donuts, but whatever. Um, speaking of things I used to love, so BlackBerry, Samsung, and Onward Mobility are going to deliver the new BlackBerry. So there's going to be a BlackBerry branded smartphone in the second half of 2021. So the BlackBerry is coming back. I loved my BlackBerry. Like I had every version of the BlackBerry, the way the finger, the way the keyboard felt on your hands, the way it like clicked into its case. The BlackBerry was the best. You would get off an airplane. There wasn't any wireless on the airlines in those days, which I'm sure the people who listen to this can't imagine, but that was true. You would get off the plane and then all of a sudden it had this like little sliver of red light on it. It was amazing. I loved my BlackBerry, but the red light would start flashing and it was just so delicious. It was like addictive. Um, they're asking me like if I would get one, I would not get one cause I'm an, I'm an iPhone girl. I'm not, I'm not an Android. Um, and if it's Samsung, it's going to be Android, which I just, my brain can't just, my brain just can't get around the user interface. It just gets like tripped up and confused in there. But do you remember when the iPhone first came out and then they had a keyboard that was just the BlackBerry keyboard? You probably don't remember this, but like there was like. It was like a strap-on for your iPhone, but it had the BlackBerry keyboard on it. That was like when iPhone was first introduced. I think BlackBerry was like on its last dying breath and was like, we'll make a strap-on for the iPhone. But they don't have to do that anymore because now they have their their own product is back. I don't know if it's going to work, though, because I think it's all about the screen. Like when I love my BlackBerry, you couldn't, you like, you couldn't do anything on – like on a BlackBerry, you just send email, which I love email. So I was like, whatever. But you couldn't watch a video. You couldn't FaceTime. You couldn't be on TikTok, whatever. All right. Speaking of TikTok, TikTok is back in the ring with the U.S. government. They are suing the United States government, claiming that they have been denied due process because they are actually not a security threat. So they've got – by my last count – TikTok has until September 15th to be sold to a company. Trump wants a nice dollop of that money to go to the U.S. Treasury. You, the rumors that uh, Twitter was in the in in the in play, and then obviously Microsoft is the lead contender on that. So, so much to be seen with TikTok. Fascinating that they're suing the government. Um, anyways shout out TikTok. And then finally, just a, just a little love letter. So, so everyone's been saying New York is dead. Like you hear it all the time. Anytime 
like anyone I talk to is like, oh, New York, the looting, the crime, like cops aren't doing anything anymore. You know, the homeless situation, blah, 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 this, that and the other thing. It's so dirty. It's like New York in the 70s. And I've been actually thinking about it a lot because I did see that. I'm in New York all, you know, I'm in New York every day, basically. So I was seeing that. But then on Friday, um, Daniela and I were downtown and New York was like super alive. Like the thing I love about, I love the energy of New York, obviously. Like I think New York is a city that loves to work. I think it's a city that loves to play hard. I think it's a city about money and like an interesting fucked up, but also great way I think it's a city about counterculture. I think it's a city where, like, women really get dressed up and anybody can look the way they want to look. Like, I love that about New York. This morning I was coming into work, walking down 7th Avenue, and there was a woman, like, all dressed up, like, heels, skirt, just dressed up. Her hair looked great. She looked great. And I was like, shout out to that woman for, like, getting dressed up. I feel like nobody gets dressed up anymore. Everybody's, like, schlumping along in in their coronavirus. But – New York is not dead, and Jerry Seinfeld wrote an amazing piece in the New York Times this weekend about it. I actually think that the people who are perpetuating the rumor that New York is dead are the people who have left New York and are trying to rationalize their suburban existence in Florida or upstate New York or Maine or Vermont or out west or whatever, and Jerry actually just just does a far better job of explaining that exact point. So if you have time... If you have time and if you still read the New York Times, um, check out his rebuttal on New York is Dead. He's actually brilliantly funny with it. One of the best things that's happened, I give it a one fucking good thing, but it's Monday and one fucking good thing, the high noon people care about it on the weekends, I guess, is so we had Bucci Gross. We had John Bucci Gross on the podcast. I love him. I think he's wickedly funny. I loved what he had to say. He He's very self-deprecating. And I, what I like about him is, like, he clearly has a ton of initiative and drive. He ser- clearly sits in a prime seat in sports television. But he's kind of like an aw shucks, like, everybody gets there their own way. And I'm, you know, I'm in my head and I'm too emotional. Like, he's very, I think, evolved and kind of sensitive about who he is. And you don't typically see that from powerful, successful people. But anyways, the thing I like about him most is he loves music. So I have been going back and forth with Bucci on top 10 lists. So we're, we're on like a, we're on a mad top 10 list campaign. So we did Dave Matthews. We did REM. The thing that the best thing about it is like, it's gotten me back into listening to music. So when I get the top 10 list, like, Oh, you too. So sorry, we had a YouTube, but I allowed for a top 15 on YouTube because YouTube has so many songs. Um, so anyways, so it's been getting me back into music and I'm listening to music all the time and kind of like being introduced to new music from bands I used to love or bands I still love. And then I think there's just something really special in sharing music and how it how it means something to you with another person. I think it's very intimate. Um, and I think Bucci's a lyrics person and I'm a lyrics person, which I really love. But I've been listening to all this on my Bose 700 headphones. They're awesome. I think they're perfect for listening to a podcast and they're even better for music because I love to turn it up when I listen to songs that I love and then I just play them on repeat in a really like psycho kind of way. Like I could jam like 17 hours of repeat of one song. I was thinking about it. I actually am thinking about the Boston Marathon and I was wondering if I would only do one song and I was thinking if I could, I was listening to 
Whitney Houston's shit. What's that Whitney Houston song I was loving? I can't remember. So I was so I was running and listening to Level Save the Day, which is a great Whitney Houston song to run to if, if anybody's running in the Run Club and if you're if you're in need of cheesy 80s and 90s music. So then I was asking myself as I was running if I could actually listen to Level Save the Day for like 17 hours, which is how long it will take me to run the Boston Marathon. Or for real, could I listen to that on repeat for six hours? I actually think I could, but. When it comes to listening to something on repeat, you gotta just—it's just gotta sound good. So I think the Bose 700 sounds the best. Um, whether you want low volume, which is not me, Bucci might like things low volume. We can ask him about that. Um, or you really want to dial it up, which is how I like it. Bose headphones are perfect for you. They have signature active EQ. They have 11 levels of noise cancellation. They have a bass response, which just beats everybody else in market. And they're a really premium product. So if you're listening to, the, to this podcast, you want it to sound better. Not much I can do for you on that. But if you want to listen to Whitney Houston or REM or U2 or Dave Matthews, I also gave a 15 top 15 for Dave Matthews because Bucci just needed some education then you just can't you just can't do 10 Dave Matthews songs it's just not possible go to bose.com slash barstool again that's bose.com slash barstool and get your bose headphones 700 um, and if you want and anyone is still listening to this podcast you can tweet you can tweet me and I'll give you the top 10 list and maybe we'll tag Bucci on it all right so that's Bose and shout out Bose has a female CEO which is, I think, their first C- female CEO in history. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. We can't wait to learn about bowling amongst and being uncoachable. Oh, man. Uh, where do you live? I am in normal Illinois, so central Illinois. All right. Shout out, Illinois. <laughs> it's the most normal place on earth is what I All like. All right. Okay, so Sunshine, tell us, give people the rundown. You left a voicemail for us. I don't know, maybe three weeks ago at this point. Um, And you were talking about being uncoachable and you were talking about your bowling career. So just give us the rundown on Sunshine. Like, who are you? How'd you get into bowling? Uh, What made you uncoachable? How'd you change it? Like, give us the the Sunshine story. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So I'm currently in college. I'm a senior. So just started my senior year. And I started bowling when I was seven or eight. So my mom and dad put me in this bowling league because they loved bowling. And I was like, well, okay, that's fine. I was doing a bunch of other sports at the time and I sucked. I was so bad at bowling. It was every Saturday morning and I did it with my little brother and we were just so bad that like, it wasn't even fun at that point. So after what, like four years, we ended up just quitting saying like, that's it. I'll go play softball. I was doing dance at that time, cheerleading. And so I did not want to do bowling anymore. And so I took a few years off, two years off, I think, and then really kind of missed it a little bit. I missed seeing the people that were there getting that bowling life. Yeah, the bowling life. Um, And so ended up joining again. I was only one of my family that joined and I was all of a sudden starting to get really good, really fast. So this was like seventh grade, starting to get really good. And I didn't understand what changed because I didn't bowl for two years. And so did that for a few years. And then high school bowling started. So around here, a lot of the high schools will have a bowling team, a girls bowling team. And it is something I always thought it was really lame, but I joined anyway. <laughs> there, there'd be a good movie on that, like the high school girls bowling movie. Like, it, who would it star, Sunshine? It would star like... 
Oh, shit, guys. Man. Who would be in this movie? That would be like, it's like Mean Girls, but yeah. the Midwestern flavor. Like, the yeah. who's the one who's such a mess right now? Oh, what's her name? She was in Mean Girls. She's like the Lindsay Lohan. Like, uh, only Lindsay Lohan would be, would be perfect. perfect. Because it's or, so competitive. Yeah, so she would be it? awesome for that movie. Yeah, it's, she'd be great for that movie. Right, and so got into the high school bowling scene. It was super different from anything I had done before, going from just a chill league with other kids, just really trying to learn the basics of bowling, to now, like, every Saturday there was an eight-hour tournament where you're bowling six games. It's a really big deal. Do you get tired from bowling? Like, do you, like, your hand must hurt. God, do you sanitize? I mean, if bowling in the time of COVID, I can't even, I can hardly put my hand into the bowling ball. I feel like I'm going to catch something just from that. Like, can you imagine how much Purell, I would just load up the, like, the three holes with, like, you could chuck and pull each of Purell. So, but wait, tell me about, like, skill development in bowling. How's that work? Yeah, so really the first few years, you're learning the terms, you're learning how to kind of walk up even before you throw the ball, because there's so many different things you have to think about, um, learning kind of that muscle memory. So as much as I like to say bowling's not really like a sport, um, it really, you have to learn that muscle memory in order to get good. And so that was something it took years for me to get to the point where every single time I was doing the same thing over and over instead of kind of changing it up between uh, and so wait, sunshine. So at what age did you get your own shoes? Cause I think that's the other deterrent in the germ cycle that mm-hmm. I think about bowling. Like, you know how you have to like borrow the shoes and then I yeah. would always, for, cause I grew up in a real small town and like bowling was one of the only things to do, <laughs> but then you would always like forget the socks and then you're like, fuck, I have to put these so shoes gross. on. So like you, how many pairs of bowling shoes do you have at this point? So I, I would say I got my first pair at like 12 or 13 and now I have two pairs um, and one of them my sister has been using lately because now she's a bowler. Uh, So we have our own shoes. I had, I think seven seven or eight bowling balls, 15 pounds um, that I would, that was the most tiring thing about tournaments is bringing them off the bus, going into the tournament, unloading them all, using all my equipment and then loading it back up. So that was super exhausting but oh that's right you only use your ball if you're a professional Mm -hmm. oh so then you don't worry about the germ thing right right well and so now if I go with my friends and we're down at school I'll just use one of like the balls from that bowling alley and it's disgusting they don't fit right they're not like the right way you're probably like a total snob to that it's like when you see like like if I go now to like a free skate where people rent the skates and I'm just like, oh, that's like so, so ratchet. Okay, got it. Wait, sorry, Sunshine, before you keep going on, I will let you finish the story. Um, give us some of the like bowling uh, vernacular. Like what are the words used around bowling? Like when you talk about needing to learn that. Yeah, so a big thing is the boards. So when you walk up and you look down at like the actual where you're going to stand up and you're about to go throw the ball, there's 39 little boards. And that is a huge part of when you're getting better, you have to learn how to count those, um, whether to move right three boards, right six boards, left six boards, it really makes a big difference. So that was a huge thing. Um, I would say the thing that taught me the most was learning how to take the ball out of the ball return if it got stuck. 
And so that was something I always felt really cool if the ball got stuck and then I would walk up and be like, oh, I got it. And I would reach my hand into this very dangerous machine, the ball return and pull it out. And so that was a big thing to learn as well as just learning when you hook your ball. So if you watch professional bowling on TV, the balls, they turn, they're not just going straight the whole time. Uh, so that was a big thing, learning the hand movement for that, learning if I'm gonna hook the ball, how far right is too far right to throw it or else I'm gonna get a gutter. And so a lot of little things like that that you wouldn't think about too much until you're actually doing it and it takes so long to learn. Yeah, I bet it's hard to be consistent. Like, I think consistency is actually one of the biggest things in sports is that you're, you know, it's hard to do the same. It's hard to have great performance several shots in a row or several mm -hmm. times in a row. Okay, so why did your coach say you were uncoachable? Like, flash forward to the uncoachable sunshine moment. Yes. So freshman year of high school, I joined the bowling team and it was about a month in and we had just gotten put on to JV, varsity, freshman, sophomore teams. And they put me on freshman, sophomore. And that usually is for the people who just started bowling. This was their first time ever doing well. And so I wasn't very happy with that. And so I was not taking feedback. I didn't want to hear what the fresh soft coach had to say because I thought I was way better than bowling with the girls I was bowling with just with all the years of experience that I had at that point. And so every Friday we had classroom talks and this would be, we would sit in the basement of our high school and our coach would tell us what we were doing good, what we were doing bad. And that year in front of 40 girls about a month in, he said, Sonny, you will never go anywhere because you're uncoachable. So just, if you're going to change that, great. If not, don't even come out for the team next year. And I was like, well, what the heck? That's so rude. Why would you tell me that in front of all these girls? And Right. And so it was my freshman year. I really didn't know why I was being, being put on this team, hated my, my coach for saying that. So I stayed on fresh soft the rest of the year. I didn't cry. No, I am not a crier. So I really, I, I got angry for sure. And I told him I was angry about a week later and he said he didn't care. So um, that was like my ruthless bowling coach. But then end of the season, decided I wasn't going to go back for sophomore year. But over the summer, I was in another league. I kept going with it. And really just kind of changed my mind and decided, well, what if he was right? Like, maybe I am uncoachable. I don't like to listen to what people have to say to me. And so tried out again sophomore year. And I made sure on the first day of tryouts to go tell him that whatever he told me to do, I was going to do it. Whether it worked or not, I was just going to be the person that I will do whatever he tells me. Because he's the coach. He's been doing it forever. And it honestly worked out. Yeah. Right. And so my average went up about 30 pins and immediately from doing that and I was on varsity my last three years so it definitely worked out um, as much as I did not want to listen to what he had to say I was really stubborn but it worked out really well for me um, now and like I said in the voicemail I'm in college and I take all feedback that I can get anytime that I fail or do something wrong I try to get as much feedback to try to do even better uh, going forward. So it really did teach me a good life lesson. Yeah, it's good sometimes to get punched in the face like that because it's hard. You know, <laughs> you're, you were insulted. You're like, look, I think I'm better than maybe you were, but you still feel like you're better. Your brain says you're better. Your heart says you're better. But it's sometimes good to be like, to get punched to, or to fall down, I guess. And mm -hmm. I, you know, he probably had a really good team. I'm sure your teams were very yeah. good. Like if you're going to give people that direct of feedback, good things can come from it. You know, it's so funny where I was talking to Deion Sanders about it the other day and he's like, look, like it's hard for me to give people 
He's like, I have the feedback, Mm -hmm. but it's hard for him because people get so hurt by the feedback of like, hey, hey, guy, you're just not good enough or you're not moving your feet or you're not making the plays or you're not conditioning hard enough or whatever it is that he says, you know, his thing is like, all right, I got to find a way where I can be myself and be true, which is as a coach, you know, like he wants to say what's going to make the player better and the team great. And one thing that's hard with people right now is people aren't used to feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what's so great about you is that, like, you know, everybody complains that people have gotten too soft, right? And it's kind of true because you you criticize someone and the person who's giving the criticism becomes the bad guy versus the recipient being like, you know what, I'm going to show you, or yeah. you know what, I disagree with you. Or in your case, you're like, all right, I'm going to go, like, you know, F you, I'm going to walk away, but you're going to come back six months later and learn something and be like, you know what, maybe I could be better. In this case, it made you better. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, even by end of my senior year, I was averaging almost 200, doing really good, doing great in competitions, going to state every year. So it definitely paid off. And now like just I'm really involved in different organizations in college. And so if there's been positions that I wanted or internships that I wanted and I didn't get them, I'd really search for that feedback. And now I just finished up my third internship. I'm the president of our college of business. Like I have taken all that feedback and really, really tried to apply it and be better. So feedback is huge. And I think that not being able to listen to feedback and take that is something that is a huge weakness for a lot of people because You're never bettering yourself if you're not hearing what you could do better. Sunshine, you are the best. Thanks for doing this with us. I appreciate it. Do you have any feedback for our podcast? Oh, man, I love your podcast. I started running at the same time I started listening to this, and then I sprained my ankle. So I can't run now, but um, I don't know. It's been great. So just keep it up. I think it's super funny and interesting to listen to. So I love it. Okay. Well, if you have ideas for how we can get better, we're all about getting better over here. I'll customize like a sweatshirt, a bag, like the, oh, I ran in. Oh, that's what happened this weekend. I ran into a guy from Vineyard Vines who was like, Hey, I'm Adam from Vineyard Vines. And I was like, Hey, what's up, Adam? And he was like, I'm working on all your stuff. And I was like, Ooh, shit. Sorry about that. Like I want everything custom customized. I'm working on a Vineyard Vines bag, which Everyone who follows me on Instagram said is ugly, but I don't really fucking care because I like it. But so I was talking to Adam about that. So there are easier things to customize. And when you don't have a merch business, it can be hard to customize things. So I have found this company called Piper Lou. So Piper Lou, what Piper Lou does is they make tumblers, they make shirts, they make hats, but you can basically say whatever you want on your tumbler shirt or hat, or you can buy one of the slogans that they think is already funny or they've already got on there. So I'm into the tumblers. Okay. So I'm just going to talk about the tumblers. So they make tumblers of like all different size. So remember how like two summers ago, everybody wanted to drink out of the little like colorful, looks like a wine glass, but it's plastic. I think these are good for everybody. My friend Allison, for example, is very, very, very klutzy. Like we cannot, we cannot be drinking wine sitting at a table without her like breaking the wine glass and cutting herself. Like she should only use Piper Lou tumblers. They come in all sorts of different sizes. Piper Lou makes shirts. They make hats. They make a whole bunch of stuff. And what you can do is you can customize all of it with your own slogan. So if you've got a run club 
I hope not. But if you've got a book club, you got a bachelorette party, you got a work thing, you have a hockey team, I don't know, whatever, whatever people do with other people. And because no one's seeing each other and everything is virtual, why not make your product physical? That's like the whole Barstool Sports way. You can go to PiperLoo.com and customize your tumblers or your shirts or your hats or whatever you want. So if you go to PiperLoo.com and use the code TOKEN, you can buy one and get one for free. It's a limited time offer. It's a killer offer. It's a great saving. So you can buy yourself you can buy yourself a wine tumbler that says I cut myself or I don't cut myself and I can buy one for Allison and it only costs me the price of one. So it's like basically just doing something nice for yourself and you're doing something nice for your friend while you're at it. So anyways, go to PiperLoo.com, use code TOKEN and you, if you buy one, you get one free on anything that you buy on the site, um, which is a pretty great deal. Before we get into Coach HP, I want to get into honey. Um, so everybody knows I love honey. I shop on the internet incessantly. If you think I'm paying attention to you on a phone call, I am not. I'm shopping online. Last week I was looking for Ray-Bans because I got duped by my friend Nancy's fake Chinese website and I spent $140 on sunglasses that I will never get. Um, but and then I'm still missing mine. Now this week, well today to be honest with you, I'm looking for coveralls. So I have decided that I would like to bring back coveralls. I wrote my friend Ed, who's the CEO of Bauer, and I was like, hey, Ed, how's a girl find coveralls? And he's basically like, you can't. So then I went on to eBay, and I was Googling it all over the place. YP says he's going to help me. I think that's only because YP wants to do a fishing show with Deion Sanders that I'm not sure I'm going to let him do. But I just have been shopping for all sorts of stuff. The other thing I noticed this weekend I was organizing my closet is that you know how your like white t-shirts get really grungy like they get kind of gray or yellow and then you got your deodorant stains on there and I really like a fresh white t-shirt so I've been searching online for white t-shirts and I feel like everybody's having a sale right now so I can get a great discount but the thing that I love is if I'm searching online for my white t-shirts which I was this weekend honey always helps me out so when I go to the checkout honey coupon comes up I was shopping for white t-shirts yesterday honey coupon code showed up I knew I got the best deal on white t-shirts so what honey does it's a browser extension it scours the internet for promo codes for whatever you're looking for and at checkout what honey does is it makes sure that you get the best deal on whatever you're shopping for wherever you're shopping for it so it's pretty killer it saves you money it's super easy they're not spammy. I don't have like whiz bang shit flying around my computer, which I hate. Thank you, Club Penguin. Um, what Honey does, seriously, I had Club Penguin and then All Business Pete had to give me a new computer because it, it so fucked up my computer. But anyways, all Honey does is it makes it so that when I'm looking for something, I don't have to – it takes all the guesswork of am I getting the, the best deal. Because like a white T-shirt, you can find the same brand of white T-shirt on like five different sites. I know that when I go shop for a white T-shirt, all I have to do is the apply, hit the apply coupon code and I get the best deal. So go join Honey now. If you haven't already, you should absolutely join Honey it's easy. It's fall season. I feel like when the weather changes, I'm just prone to buying more stuff, which is stupid, but it just is how it works. And I think everybody's like that. So if you go to, if you go to joinhoney.com slash token, that's joinhoney.com slash token, you can get honey for free. All right. So up next, we've got my friend Coach HP, who 
unbeknownst to me, flew up here just for the day to meet with us. I love when people do that. I think it goes such a long way. Like it was such a killer effort. Um, and what we, so we jumped in the studio. We had kind of a all over the place conversation, which has been known to happen on this podcast. But I think he has a lot of great advice. And I think he has a lot of great advice about applying yourself and getting the most uh, getting the most out of everything you do. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. I'm here with Erika. Erika. No one's called her Erika before. Erika Nardini, the best, biggest failure in the history of Miami, Erika. Cuban dude from Miami. Had identity issues growing up. Lived in a car for six months in Los Angeles. Didn't know a single person. Ironically, the sport that ruined my life, saved my life, I became a celebrity baseball coach. I started working with kids. I started understanding why I failed, why failure is a good thing, why adversity is a good thing. On a six-year run, tried to act. The only acting jobs I got, Erica, was King of Queens because I gave baseball lessons to the creator of King of Queens' son. <laughs> okay. okay. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And then a show called Headcase that was later canceled on Stars. And then I got the intuition to move to Las Vegas. And I was in Vegas for a four-year run, no social media. I saw, I would see everybody in the club, especially the girls. They would get the drinks, and everybody would take pictures and then just post, 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 post. And I'm like, what are these people doing? And then I understood, got into the social media thing way later when I moved to Miami to marry the love of my life, my wife. And then I kind of became the kid whisperer slash speaker, and everything since then has been tremendous. Tell, the, tell us about your message. My message is there's two things we can control in life, our effort and our attitude. And then the third one that I added was our expectations. How hard is it to manage expectations? We hope for the best. We expect the best. But we're not learning how to manage expectations. Obviously, everybody wants to be the Eric Nardini of whatever they're doing. But that takes time. It takes patience. You can't control. Unfortunately, look at me. You can't control if you lose your hair or not. You could control effort and attitude. And how do you, so tell me about how do you manage effort and attitude in, during failure? So there's a lot of people right now out of work, about to be out of work, a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of sickness in this country. Like things are, how do you keep such positivity when everything is, were you always this positive? Like when you're living in the car, did you always have good effort, good attitude? I love that you brought that up, Erica. I get goosebumps. I was dreaming about this moment when I was living in a car. There was no social media. There was no smartphone, so I couldn't be on YouTube motivating myself. Because I'm a kid of abuse, because my dad kept me close to him 24-7, when you're growing up in the 80s and the 90s and you don't have a TV in your room and your dad is with you 24-7, the only place you can escape is your head. So I learned that mindset during whatever circumstance. And I owe that to my dad. I just did a post today with George Lopez and we talked about it. And I go, listen, my dad prepared me for everything in this world except to deal with him. Hmm. So now during Corona, what do I look for? I look for the opportunities. What happened to me during Corona? Corona hit. I had two of the biggest meetings set up in my life. Those immediately got canceled. But what happens? In my feed pops up this brilliant CEO talking about how she has metrics for content, how you can figure out audience. And that got my attention. And I have this such feeling that, you know what? Because I come from a place of good, 
I'm going to approach Erica Nardini and I listen, and I'm going to tell her, listen, I think more people need to hear your message. And I give. We're not giving because everybody's worried about who? Mm-hmm. About themselves. Mm-hmm. The biggest way to win is to give. Yeah, the more you give, the more you get. So Hector, just for, for everybody, it's, you DM me. Mm-hmm. I had never met you. Yes. You DM'd me. You sent me a beautiful DM. You're very persistent. And you, you actually, I think, only DM'd me once and I wrote back. Like, you, you caught me. And I went on your podcast and it was awesome. I left it be, I left way more positive than I came in. I think you give people energy and that's clearly what's working in coaching. Like coaching is energy. I think like I skated this morning and I hadn't skated in a week and I skate with this guy, Scotty, who I love. And Scotty was like, ah, you're timid today. Like you're you're timid. Like, let's back it up. Like, you, let's get back to the basics. Let's work on the edges. Like, I was trying. I was mad at myself because I didn't have a good crossover, which I don't have a good crossover. But like, you're the queen of the Nardini Run Club, and God forbid you twist an ankle. Are you thinking no, about getting it's injured? It's in my head. It's that. It's just fear. Like my. But fear of getting injured, of or falling, just fear of looking stupid. Just falling. falling. Not even looking stupid. I don't care about. It's not the optics of it. It's. I don't know what it is. Like, it's funny. It's interesting. Like. To do a crossover, you go around in a circle and you should always be, your eye should always be at the inside of the circle, which Mm -hmm. means that you've really got to square up to the center, right? Right. When you're on the ice, to do that, you really need to lean versus my shoulder is fighting to stay out and my head is telling me that I've got to look in and that's kind of like, I think there's a metaphor in that of like, Fear holds you back. You want to be upright and going in one direction, but to grow, you really got to lean in. You got to go lean into gravity. You got to lean, lean into gravity. gravity. You got to lean scary. into gravity, yeah. and that's hard because you might fall. You yeah. know, and I think yeah. that that's, I think that's what's hard for people. I agree with you. Like I've never had an issue with the effort. Like I'm, I, I think. If you have effort, you're 70% of the way there. If you just put in the effort, you put in the work. But the attitude in that, I don't care if I fall, I'm going to keep going. I I think that that's something that you give your audiences and your kids that you coach, which is like, you can, you control so much of what you can do up here. My issue isn't my knees or my legs or my hips. It's, It's my head. And I think that's, everybody has that. So how do you think people get through that? How do you coach people through that? Process, not outcome. You're worried about the fall. Mm-hmm. Instead of, let me lean, let me go slow, let me know, compete against nobody, just yourself. Once you start doing that, there's no pressure. So right? you just break it down. I break it down that basic. There is no pressure. Toughest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. That's why they pay these people millions of dollars to fail seven times out of ten. There's no other sport that gives you those odds, right? If you understand, it's what you do those seven times that's going to get you back to have a good attitude that changes everything. The odds are against happiness. Why? Because everybody wants to be like Eric Nardini. There's only one of those. That's so special. What if you're the first Hector Pignata, what if you're the first this person? And you forget that standard. And when you learn to love the process, Erica, what happens? Erica is going to go back tomorrow or even maybe today. You know mm-hmm. what? You're going to call happy coach up and say, yep. listen, we're going to start two a days, brother. We're going to start two a days, brother. Right? And yep. if I fall, bring a slip and slide because yep. I'm going to slide all over this place. Yep. That's what's missing. The minute you understand that, you're free. And how do you give that to other people? 
Like, how do you give that to the kids you coach? I customize everything. I look at you and I go, okay, what do we got? What is she telling me? What's her body telling mm -hmm. me? Is she having fun? Whatever. So I, I came up with three steps, Erica. Number one, I set the tone with kids, the discipline. This is not a play date. We're here to work. We're here to work. Now, why do kids love me the most? While being the most strict coach they've ever seen. Mm -hmm. There's a saying in Spanish that goes, dogs that bark, don't bite. Perro que ladra no muerde. If I'm all bark, but no bite, you're not going to respect me. Mm -hmm. I don't scream. I don't do anything. I just set the tone right from the beginning. This is how you're going to put your equipment. This is how you're going to run to your position. This is how you're going to address every single one of these coaches. Right then and there. Then I follow that, Erica, with an intense amount of love, positive love, nothing corny. I'm going to pull you aside and go, Erica, you know what? You didn't, you didn't get your goal, but I love how you competed there today. You were a beast on the ice. Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. Now, we're going to come again tomorrow. We're going to do it again. But, and then once I get you hooked, comes the player development. Okay. Because I got you. So you're like, here are the rules. Here are the rules. Here's the tone. Here's the tone. Here's the tone. Step one is tone. Yes. Step two, love. Yes. And step three verbal is... Verbal reward, which is that's the love. Verbal reward. Not this like, oh, come on, Nikki. No, 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 no. You're like, hey, I Nick, love that you did Nick, this. Nick, I love... Look at this tone. Nick, I love what you did right now, brother. Yep. Now, go run out to the field and keep it going. Yep. Just like that. And then three is building the skills. Development because yep. Now I got... Now you're hooked. Now you're a five-year-old that thinks I'm the guy. Yep. So how do you do it for yourself and what you're building? Like you're building a world for yourself. It happens instinctually. Like I'm on a constant high 24-7. So it's great for me. Little difficult. Do you give yourself love? Yes, all the time. I give myself, I, I almost can get emotional thinking about it. I give myself so much credit to be able to reach out to you. You don't reach back at a certain time. I go, hang in there, buddy. You got it. You got it. Look at me now. Who'd have thought, man, a me, the biggest failure ever would be in a bar stool stage with the greatest CEO, the only one, but the greatest CEO this company's ever had because I believe in myself and I know I put in the work. Erica, we don't want to work anymore. Everybody wants to be CEO right out of wherever. Mm -hmm. And it has to change. We have to get fall in love with the process. If we're done here and I got to clean the studio to earn my keep, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to record it so that everybody sees how a 41-year-old man is happy helping others and giving. And we're not doing that. We're too focused on our problems right now. And if we get more people to understand that the winning is in the giving. And you can't compare. There's only certain There's only one you. There's only one you. And I struggled with that in Los Angeles because I'm hanging around with the most famous people in the world because I have certain kind of charisma and whatever, whatever that got me in the door. But I used to lie to people. Erica, I used to lie to people and tell them that I played for the Yankees. Okay. And it's kind of believable. I'm Cuban yeah. from Miami. Yeah, yeah, you, you looked say, the part. I looked, looked the part. The part. I, go, I got injured, and you know what happened? Somebody Googled me. And there's nothing of Coach HP playing with the Yankees. So now I'm a liar. And all that positivity and all this good energy, it Gone. faded. Yep. So what I tell parents is if you're going to post your kid hitting a home run, post him striking out. And celebrate that he struck out and that he's going to get him next time. Or if your daughter is a lacrosse player and she's a goalie and she gave up four goals, say, you know what? My daughter gave up four goals, but I'm proud of her because she shook all her teammates' hand and she didn't take it to the next game. Mm -hmm. We're not finding the positive and stuff.
Hmm. We've stopped glorifying the process. 100%. And that's what you're doing. You're going to glorify You help people glorify their own process because life is a process. Everything's a process. You don't come from here to there. The thing with this podcast is if you went back, if I went back now and went to episode one versus episode 70, whatever, I would be like, God, I sucked at episode one. But look at what I've learned. Look at, like, what, look learned. at what I've learned. Look, look at, at what, what the interviewer you've become. I've become better, right? right? I've learned you how, know to, how do to do this. And it could be the vibe that you've got. It could be because now you have a lot of podcasts under your belt that you've done as an, they interview you. All this stuff helps. Right. It helps. So that's the so that's the thing for people is that there's the democratization of being able to try things. You can do anything. You can reach out to anyone. You can go after whatever job you want. And who you are day one of that job and day 100 of that job it's are totally, totally different. different. And we're that's not teaching, good. We're not teaching that. And why don't we te- – why don't kids – why is that an exception? Like what needs to happen with young people, with kids? Like what needs to – how, how do you give that to them? Erica, we're not talking. We're not communicating enough. What separates us from animals is communication. We're not talking. We're tired. We get home and we're tired because we have an extra house. We have an extra watch. We have an extra we got to pay for versus humble. I heard your podcast. I heard both your parents speak. They seem humble. They figured it out. They weren't going to Gucci Mm -mm. and they were just living and they put you and your brother in the car and you guys fought and you figured it out and everybody ate pizza after and you loved each other. We don't do that anymore. So that's what it is. We just got to talk and we don't got to criticize each other. We just got to talk and figure it out. When you came on my podcast, I see that beautiful token CEO sign. I went, I never done that in my life, but I felt it. I felt this need to make you feel welcome because, man, you were so nice to me that I wanted to go the extra mile. So I went to Middle Corona, went to FedEx on a Sunday, printed these two things out there. And I did that for you because I want you to feel welcome. And we don't want to do romance anymore. Everything goes to dating culture. A guy that knows the game knows how to romance if it's worth it for him. If it isn't, he's going to let you know in two seconds. And now you have a choice. Do you want to just hang out and chill? Do you want to test it out? you want to go on three more dates? you want him to still come pick you up? Are you still going to make it easy for him? Nothing easy forever, Erica. This is old school, new school, 2030. Nothing easy we take it, we uh, appreciate because it's too easy. True. It's the process. And we don't appreciate friendships hmm. anymore because we change them like this. Oh, I don't like you. How about I hit an unfollow button? Boom. There goes Erica. I'm not seeing her again. That's how we do it. So we're not equipped to teach these kids how to deal with social. Me and you grew up in the Bieber era. Well, there was Biebers. Mm-hmm. That, oh, my mom, a girl beat me, 823. She's yeah, thinking yeah. about me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you had to go to a payphone. Hey, hey what's oh, up? Completely. You know yeah, you do talk now, to people. It got easier, which is amazing. Hmm. But how do but we train that responsibility? We stop talking to we one stop, another. We stop helping each other with this responsibility yep. now that we have. Yep. And all the shortcuts that technology creates actually rewired people that they don't need to put in the work and the time. Absolutely not. But the ones that do, that, and then what happens is, here's the funny part. And those people are happier. What not only are they happy, they're successful. And then what happens is, 21-year-old that doesn't do anything sees a 21-year-old that made it because he understood the machine. That 21 that didn't make it doesn't reach out to that other guy and go, hey, man, can you help me? He just criticizes him, puts him down, and goes to do whatever cookie-cutter job gets him by. 
And then he does the same with the woman he picks to be with or the guy they pick with. Nobody wants to challenge themselves. Challenge yourself, man. Take it easy. Slow down. Slow down. Get back to basics. Breathe. Yeah. Get back to basics. I guarantee you, I'll give you whatever you want. By What's that special tumble turn you're talking in the ice? What's oh, it called? the crossover. That crossover. By August 27th, Erica's doing crossover like crisscross. Beautiful crossover. You're going to be like crisscross, Chris jump up yeah. and down. Yeah. You're going to be cross. Because you're going to put in the work and you're not going to judge yourself. And yeah. when you fall, you're going to put ice. Go easy. You're going to go home and YouTube. Hey, let me see how these people do it. Let me see. We're not understanding that. We're just watching entertain us. And then we want to be like that. It's crazy. You, you're, you're sitting in a place where you have the greatest CEO in what she does. You have the greatest king of content in what the guy does. And that guy could easily chill and tan all day. But the fact that he pivots every single time and nobody gives him credit for that. That he just pivots and takes it. And okay, you're going to criticize me. I'm going to criticize you back. I'm going to record it. And I'm going to show you why I'm winning. And he wins every single time. Goes to show you that brick by brick means a lot. But we don't talk about that because it's not sexy. You know what's sexy? Views, likes, mm-hmm. endorsements. The end product. The end yep. product. We got to make the hustle sexy. Coach HP, that's the best. Listen, I am so honored to be here in such a place that, Erica, you had me here. I humbly want to congratulate you for everything you've done with the Token CEO. I've been a fan from the beginning. I'm happy that it's me and the other dude, I'm not going to mention his name, that were the one fucking good things of the day that weren't famous. Because you've given <laughs> it to famous people, but I you was a nobody. You were the best one. You were you, the best you one. You gave it to me while I was in aisle two of Publix. I'll never forget this. Aisle two of Publix, getting my daughter's baby milk, the organic yeah. milk. I heard I was listening to the podcast, and I heard you. And you made my day. So with today, you've made, I mean, I can't ask you. I'm so grateful. So I want to tell you, for this moment, and I want you to... Continue to believe in yourself because I'm your number one fan and the sky's the limit with what you can do. And this token CEO podcast is only the beginning. A big thanks to Sunshine. Learned a lot about bowling and Coach HP learned a lot about coaching and life. Thanks to the both of them for joining the podcast. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe, leave us a rating or give us a review. I'm at EKA Nardini. Token CEO is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Van Halen top 12, David Lee Roth. I'm going to struggle with this one. I would would have to call Kirk on it. I can only do Sammy Hagar. Do any of you know who Sammy Hagar is? Do you know who Van Halen is? Yes. Can you name three Van Halen songs? No. I mean, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong with the youth of America, which is why we will continue our quest to educate people. Music. <laughs> what song do you want for today's episode then, Erica? Oh, shit. Actually, should I pick my Whitney Houston song? Or I was thinking Road to Nowhere was a good song, Jordan. Or I've been listening to Nathan Rateliff. Do you guys know who Nathan Rateliff is? I was really, actually. What do you guys do in your free time?